It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Julia Hartley Brewer Podcast. Ruthless but fair. Julia Hartley Brewer. Comprehensive coverage of all the new stories that matter to you. Harder, older, Hartley Brewer. The Julia Hartley Brewer Podcast from Talk Radio. Welcome back to the show. I'm Julia Hartley Brewer and you're with Talk TV. Now, Rishi Sunak is facing a Brexit here backlash over his deal with the DUP yesterday because of fears it will hamper Britain's ability to break free from EU rules. Joining me now to discuss this is former leader of the Conservative Party and, of course, leading Brexit here, Sir Ian Duncan-Smith. Uh, good morning to you, Sir Ian. Morning. morning Thanks Julia. for joining us. So are you part of this backlash as a leading Brexiteer? What concerns do you have? Because an awful lot of Brexiteers, like me, are very, very happy that the DUP managed to strike a, a hard deal. They've got an awful lot of the things they've asked for in terms of keeping Northern Ireland effectively as part of the United Kingdom and not treated as a separate country. Yeah, I, I think the headlines are a little overcooked. What everybody, uh, I didn't vote for the Windsor Agreement because I thought all these areas were a problem. Um, the original protocol uh, wasn't very good either. And of course, the EU tried to weaponize Northern Ireland and the border as though that would somehow stop us leaving the EU. That didn't work. But what's been left behind is a problem because if they're uh, bound by what are essentially EU regulations, uh, then that means. Uh, our goods going into them and vice versa become difficult. But uh, the Windsor Agreement resolved a little bit of that, but it wasn't good enough. Uh, and then this agreement that I've been talking to the DUP about uh, actually resolves a lot of the cross-border trade issues with the UK and with Northern Ireland so that that trade will be freer. It doesn't, as I understand it, stop uh, uh, um, us digressing and moving away from EU regulations, which, of course, it must not. But it does pose questions about how far Northern Ireland will be able to go. If we change our regulations, will they be able to do the same? And that's still down to the question of whether the government has the courage and the determination to make sure that Northern Ireland is not left behind. And that's a political question. Well, there was always a hope that Northern Ireland would get the best of both worlds. Mm. They'd be able to trade freely with the mainland Britain, of course, as part of the United Kingdom, but also be able to trade freely with Southern Ireland without a hard border, without too many checks, um, and, uh, and, and get the best of trading with the EU. And they would, as Northern Ireland often has to be, because of the fudge you have to do, make uh, over those borders, that, um, that they would get the best of both worlds. But they ended up with the worst of both as a result of that. And I've, I've been very open with my... Uh, my, my Northern Ireland audience, you know, that, you know, Brexiteers like me kind of figured, well, I'm afraid we threw them under the bus. It was a price worth paying to get the deal through, given what Boris Johnson had on the table after what 
Theresa May did, stitching everybody <clears throat> Brexiteers up. That was what was on the table. There wasn't time to, to sort of start again from scratch. Um, but this, this has got to be an improvement. And we, and we can't have a situation where we leave the EU, but we continue to be aligned with the <clears throat> EU because we're too afraid of, of, of any checks or any, any regulations. Because what's the point of leaving the EU if we're going to abide by every rule, even if we don't think they're good rules? Well, I agree. So <clears throat> this is an improvement on the Windsor Agreement. It's by no means perfect. Uh, but it does, and of course, the key thing in all of this is that Northern Ireland, Northern Ireland trades more with the UK directly than any other trading partner, so much more than Ireland or Europe. So the critical element to them is the two-way trade between the UK and Northern Ireland. And the DUP thinks that that has been enough done to be able to get them back into power sharing, uh, and then they can try and resolve the rest with the UK government. But you're quite right. The One of the main reasons for uh, leaving the EU is the very restrictive pan-European regulation that was always uh, discussed by 27 nations. And there were compromises all over the place, which were often not good for us, particularly in our leading areas like financial services, etc. So in leaving, we are able to change those regulations to suit the way that we trade. And we were the one country in Europe that traded mostly outside of Europe than in Europe. So all of these things can be rectified. I produced the Tigger report uh, two years ago, which said the 100 specific regulations could be changed to our advantage that allowed our traders, our financial traders, and also our business men and women to be able to set their products on their own markets and not actually worry about regulations that were really meant for Southern Europe rather than UK. Yeah, a good point. And there was a lot of talk yesterday with this change in the rules for the whole of the UK, uh, these import rules that have been delayed, I think, five times since we Brexited uh, four years ago. Uh, and those came in, there's going to be extra costs with, you know, importing tulips or roses from Amsterdam or, or food or uh, ag other agricultural goods. A lot of I mean, the usual suspects on social media uh, say, oh, how terrible Brexit has been. Our countries in the doldrums, it was the worst decision ever. Four years on last night, I was in Parliament Square with another 50,000 Brexiteers and you Jack Old Spice rather than Ginger Spice dress, it has to be said, celebrating. Still one of the greatest days of my life. I'll never regret it. Do you have any regrets about Brexit? Uh, well, the only regret I have is that we should have moved faster on some of the potential changes that we could have made and we still some way to go. So obviously the trade deals, we'll be making good progress on that. Uh, we need to get more of that done. And, of course, the other bit of it, which is really, really important, uh, is that we need to change those regulations to suit our own traders. And there are still some key regulations in financial services, uh, and uh, that needs to be done very quickly. So I don't have any regrets. And truth, by all this nonsense that goes on, people saying, well, you know, it's been so damaging to us. The UK economy and all the European economies have gone through covid and the war in Ukraine, the crisis, the energy crisis, all that. But through all of that, the UK economy has performed better pretty much than all of them. Uh, it has lower unemployment and it's been growing at a rate which is faster. Inflation is coming down. So on every measure that you make it, the UK, I can't see any uh, area where you would say this has been desperately detrimental to the UK. We've more to do to make it even more competitive. Uh, but the reality right now is... Uh, this has been a, a good thing to do. 
Uh, here, here, to that. Can I also ask you about the terrible news this morning that Mike Freer, one of your uh, Tory con uh, co colleagues in the House of Commons, he's the Justice Minister, that he's going to stand down at the next election from his seat in uh, Finching Golders Green in North London. Very strong uh, Jewish uh, community there. Um, he's been very supportive of Israel since the 7th of October attacks. Uh, and he has been facing nonstop you know, death threats, threats to him and his family. Uh, to, um, he's had an arson attack in the last month. He's been advised by police to wear a stab vest. Given the, uh, the killings of, uh, well, we obviously saw Joe Cox was killed in 2016 horrifically by a, a right-wing extremist, but then we had the killing in 2021 of David Amos. So David Amos, another one of your Tory colleagues, by an Islamist extremist. Um, the same Islamist extremist, Ali Harbi Ali had actually apparently visited Freer's constituency office previously, but he wasn't there. So that's obviously going to raise concerns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Mike Freer has basically said, I'm out. I, I can't live. I can't live like this anymore. We're going to be talking to him on the show yeah. in just half an hour's time. Um, how have we got to position in 21st century Britain, Isarian, where democratically elected politicians have to stand down for fear of their lives? Yeah, it's awful. Uh, I think many of us have had death threats. I've had death threats. We've had attacks on our offices. This went on during the last election. 
uh, spray painted, um, you know, decaying rats posted to the door and uh, in hope that somebody would pick it up and catch something. All that sort of thing goes on, I'm afraid, too often. Do you know who's uh, behind it? Well, there seem to be lots of different individuals and some organisations are behind it. There's a lot of extreme people on the left as well as there are people on the right. And there's also, as you know, uh, a lot of people that have come into the UK uh, and have actually been stirring up trouble. The latest whole issue since the start of Gaza, um, you know, we've been on at the police a lot about not uh, being very tough on the kind of uh, stirring up of violence and hatred that's been going on in some of these marches. And so the, the reality is that this is now becoming part of the normal for politicians, and it shouldn't do, I accept. But the one thing that we do need is the police to act and to act swiftly when anything like this happens. And to tell someone to wear a stab vest, I have to tell you, does say to you that that means we aren't in control anymore yeah. of the streets by the police, which I don't think is right. And frankly. that's the issue. I mean, even the response to Sir David Amos's murder, I thought was extraordinary. It was like, oh, everyone needs to be nicer to each other online. It's, you know, and we need to step up security meetings with constituents. That's not the solution. That's that's a sticking plaster at best. This 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 radical Islamist extremist. You know, he wasn't affected by what someone said on the green benches in the House of Commons. Um, you know, we have allowed this into our country. We have imported it, whether it's first generation or second generation, and whether it's the Batley Grammar School teacher, whether it's MPs, we've just apparently said, well, this is how this is us now. This is what we're going to live like. I don't think that's acceptable to me. I don't think it's acceptable that you should get death threats, and I don't think it's acceptable for most voters in this country. What do we do about it? Well, the answer is we should be intolerant of into intolerant of intolerance. And uh, I mean, we had this saga with the marches the other day where the police yes. said certain of these phrases could be interpreted in different ways. When you've got Hezbollah saying that from the river to the sea uh, means that we get rid of the Jews from Palestine, and the same goes for Hamas saying the same and others, they're very clear what it actually means. So when people chant that on the streets, I've been saying to people, you are aware what you're actually saying and they try and interpret it in a different way. And I said, there can only be one interpretation. The people that actually wrote that or, and created that chant had a very clear meaning to it, and it was to get rid of the Jews uh, from yeah. Palestine. And I have to say that <clears throat> you, you know, people sometimes, without understanding this stuff, uh, then give rise to further uh, issues of hate and anger and violence. And I think we should all take a pause and ask ourselves very carefully, what are we, what are we actually saying and why are we saying it? And there are ways to do things. And, and, and I think too much at the moment is down to automatic violence and anger. And I think, you know, we have a job as politicians to make sure that we uh, don't descend into that. But I do yeah. say that the police have got to act and act swiftly on these yeah. kinds of threats. And we really haven't, um, haven't seen that, have we? Um, can I just ask you finally about Nicola Sturgeon's appearance at the COVID inquiry yesterday? We had, you know, breaking, you know, holding, holding back the tears. Uh, she talked about how she didn't want to have been first, well, she hadn't been first minister at the time of the, of, of the, the COVID uh, crisis. We talked, questions about her deleting WhatsApps, which is again absolutely outrageous. But what did you make of her claim that her biggest regret was that she didn't lock down sooner in spring of 2020. Do you think a single politician in charge at that time has learned anything from the actual evidence and the facts and, well, what happened in Sweden? First of all, I think this inquiry is heading off into a, a cul-de-sac of, of pointlessness at times. I mean, it's spending its time trawling away through these WhatsApp messages about each other, which I don't know what they're supposed to be telling us. You know, was there a crisis on? Yes. 
Were politicians and others, you know, uh, uh, panicking, worrying about what to do? Yeah. Were they getting angry with each other? Yes, that's what happens. It's what happens in most places when you have a crisis and an issue you're trying to resolve. So first of all, I think the inquiry needs to move on to what were the effects of lockdown? Why did we lock down so often? Uh, you know, what were the lessons to be learned about this rather than these psychodramas that are going on inside the the, the, uh, the, the inquiry itself? Uh, but with it, with regards to the ex-first minister in, in Scotland, I have to say, I don't know how you can accidentally or unwittingly uh, delete your WhatsApp messages when you knew very well that you'd said previously you would keep them yeah. uh, and, and that they would be there as evidence. So... Uh, the whole thing seems to be a bit of a charade at the moment, frankly. It, I couldn't agree with you more on that, Sir Ian Duncan-Smith. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Let me bring in uh, Philip Ingram. He's a former senior military intelligence officer. Joining us all this morning. Um, Coming on any of those topic, three topics we brought, we Ooh, just brought so, up there. So many in there. You've, You've got uh, 30 seconds. No, no, go ahead. Right. They, well, the they, they DUP agreement uh, and, and what's going on in Northern Ireland. You know, we had sovereign agreements in the 1920s between Ireland when it was formed, the Republic of Ireland, and the the United Kingdom for a common travel area. It was only suspended during the Second World War. The Good Friday Agreement in 1998 underpinned it. Yeah. And then the EU, as Ian Duncan Smith said, have weaponized the island of Ireland uh, with and EU. And very rules. deliberately. And lately, very, very yeah. deliberately and, and tried to co uh, cause problems. I think with what has come out now, it allows the island of Ireland to turn potentially into the Singapore of um, the North Atlantic with the ability to trade across the border, um, going back to those old rules. Um, and the, the North of Ireland uh, and Northern Ireland has got um, the choice whether they will apply EU rules that come in in a thing called the Stormont Lock um, and then Parliament in Westminster has to ratify that. So I think it's a good thing what, is, what has come out now. Okay, interesting. Thank you very much indeed. The Julia Hartley Brewer Podcast. Ruthless but fair. Julia Hartley Brewer. Comprehensive coverage of all the new stories that matter to you. Harder, older, Hartley Brewer. The Julia Hartley Brewer Podcast from Talk Radio. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.